Welcome back to Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And Bill, we are not alone. We have a very special guest from the Great White North. I would like to introduce Michelle Laton. And what it all comes down to <laughs> Is it every man's gotta be fine, fine, fine. Oh, it's gonna be fine, everybody. <laughs> Everything will be okay. You know what? Honestly, I thought you were going to play Celine Dion. So that was, I looked through it and I was like, I can't really find anything that really fits the vibe. But I was like, you know what? We got Michelle on. We got some Alanis vibes, right? It was like, I don't take shit from anybody and we're going to talk about some programming. And I was Full disclosure, I went to see her on her most recent tour, like this year, last year. Okay, how was it? It was fantastic. Okay, I want to go. If she comes to Dallas, I'm going. Oh, man. Of course you are. What was sad is that I was sitting there listening to this music, reminiscing about my past. And and then (laughs) some kids kids walk in and they see her most uh, famous song, Ironic, and then they Mm. walk out. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) Guys, we have way more. (laughs) Oh, so much. But yeah, oh, that's great. I love that. I was seriously expecting Celine Dion's like, um, I don't know. Yeah, like your heart will go on. Like there were, (laughs) I, I, I... I would be embarrassed to say how much time I spent to find a seven second video or audio clip for you, but I landed on this one. I thought it landed very well. So yeah, I agree. Michelle, welcome to get with the programming. Thank you so much guys for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's so pumped to have you on. Uh, we're here to talk about your guest programming, two weeks of.com. Yes. Fantastic. Congratulations. What an honor. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, did they come to you? You go to them. You're like, Hey guys, listen. I, uh, um, give me a slot. <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, I knew that, uh, so, like, I kind of heard that that was in the works. And when I saw that they started announcing the guest programmer and the first being Dave, I immediately sent out an e- email and just asked them if, if uh, they would have me on there because I would love the opportunity. Um, I think, like, it's a wonderful opportunity, and it's so cool that they opened it up because, like many people, mm-hmm. I started doing CrossFit, doing the dot-com. Like, okay, so that was going to be my question is just your dot-com overall experience. So that's really yeah. where you, you got started? Well, I got hired at a gym, and okay. the gym that I was doing at, and I, by the way, I was hired as a front desk. Uh, <laughs> nice. Perfect, perfect placement. Perfect yeah. placement. <laughs> so basically when I graduated university, I wanted to kind of have a job that would give me a free membership. So I applied to a bunch of different gyms and the CrossFit Montreal hired me to be a front desk. And so they said that I had to do it. Long story short, in their programming, they had three options Mm. and they used to do the dot-com as one of the options. And so that's how I found out about the dot-com. That's how I found out about the resources that was the dot-com. And like, no joke, I was obsessed with it. I went through the entire website looking at all the videos that you can imagine, all the movements, um, like all of that stuff. So I was on that website all the time. So when when they came back to me and told me that like they'd like to have me, I was like, you know, I had I was a little bit teary because I was like, man, this is so great. Like my career is where it is today because like because of CrossFit. And, mm, yeah. and so I was really happy. Yeah, to- you're, you're talking to two people that can say the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey Michelle, when was that? What year? About man, I started in I started CrossFit in two thousand nine. Okay. Okay. End of two thousand nine, December of two thousand nine. 
Nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we, we've spent, we've spent hours and hours, obviously hours and hours and hours on the, you know, the old.com when we started and then even, you know, bringing it back. But what did, uh, what did you like about the .com? Um, I liked, first of all, I liked that it was seemingly random. And back then, I mean, we can all agree that back then it was really kind of random. Um, Very. So, <laughs> <laughs> Before anybody um, jumps down my throat. <laughs> Just so you guys know, there wasn't that much thought to it. But, but I, what I liked about it the most was it was kind of the, can I do this? Like, am I mm. able to do this workout? Mm. And it, am I going to scale this kind of test, like daily test of what I was able to do and um, and how I was going to be able to do it? And, and I did a lot of sports um, in my life. And one of the things I would always do is visualization. And when I played water polo, this is something that I did almost every night, I would visualize a match being played from A to Z. Nice. So when I would look at the CrossFit workouts, I would kind of play the same kind of thing in my head. When I would go to bed, I would think about the workout, how I would be doing it, if I could do it. And I had this like unrealistic idea in my head that I could do everything. And then I would get humbled. And and I that's what really got to me. It was just like, it's the variety of it. It's the feeling of doing sport rather than working out. Like. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I don't like working out. I don't like being in the gym and training that much. Interesting. I really like doing sports and, and uh, I'm okay. an activity person. I really like that. So it just, it just put, brought me back to playing water polo and not knowing what we were going to do at practice and where we're going to do drills, where we're going to scrimmage and kind of thing, you know, take that. Yeah. Michelle, it's funny you mentioned that. Is that, uh, I, I love playing sports. It's one of my favorite things to do or just games, like anything competitive. It's like, Hey, <laughs> this, we used to do this in college. It's like, I'm bored. Let's play a game. There's a bottle cap in a trash can. Who wants to play the game? <laughs> Who can make it the furthest away in three shots or something like that. And, but my wife is the same way. It's like, she hates working out, but yeah. she'll play rec sports or like all day long. And that's really what she used to do for fitness in like college and post-college. And it, it's funny that you mentioned .com. And Bill, I would love your first thoughts of .com. My experience, completely the opposite. When I first went on CrossFit.com, I think I, I, uh, I met a buddy on a Saturday and he's like, you know, he looked different than when we were in college. We're about two years removed. <laughs> and, and I was like, you look way different. Like you, you didn't look like this in college. And now you're like, you're ripped. And at the, at the time, I was looking to look like that. And I was like, what have you been doing? He's like, I've been doing CrossFit. It's like, cool. He's like, come with me on Monday. I was like, sold. So that was an easy sell for him. But then I was like, okay, I'll look up what this CrossFit thing is. And I just went on .com. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, five by three deadlift? That's, that's CrossFit? That's the workout for the day? And, you know, I've yeah. been, I swam in college, and we did weight training three times a week and dry land training another three times and spent about – four hours in the water, six days a week. I was like, yeah. this is all CrossFit. Like this is it. And then I got humbled on that next Monday, very uh, abruptly as, as most would have coming into an inflated ego that myself yeah. had going in. What was but, your first workout? Do you fr remember? Uh, Fran. Man, what? Yeah. What? 
So I was at an affiliate summit like last weekend and I asked the, the people I was talking to, I'm like, what was your first workout? And legit, they've all been doing CrossFit for 10 plus years. And they're like, yeah, my first workout was Barbara. My first workout was Fran. My first workout was, and they're all benchmarks. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, man, if my first I, workout would have been something like that, I, I don't know if I would have come. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It it whooped my butt so bad. I didn't come back to the gym for two months and I went to a globo gym and I had to get in shape for CrossFit. So that joke we talk in like as affiliate owners is like, oh, do you need to be fit to do CrossFit? Well, the answer is obviously no, but it was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I was that guy. Like yeah. I was so demoralized. Like I'm not, I've, I need to get in shape for this stuff. <laughs> Man, that uh, I wish I I wish I would have got Fran or Barbara. Or What'd like you that. get? My, well, see, because I mine was the two thousand two, so mine was way back in the day. Oh. So mine was like the, um, I think the first two I did were how many unbroken sets of five pushups can you do in fifteen minutes? And how many? The next one was how many sets of three unbroken pull-ups can you do in fifteen minutes? Oh my goodness! Ah. Did your arms fall off? Yeah, and dude, it was. I mean, I loved it, but yeah. like what I, what I liked about it in, in for those that haven't seen, I think if you go like in the, what's it called? The Wayback mm -hmm. and the Wayback website, whatever, it'll find like pull up like the old websites. You can see what the old dot com looked like. And um, what I liked was it seemed like this totally underground like, I love the fact that it, like, no one really knew what the heck it was. There were these random people from, like, all over the place that were, like, tuning in and posting whatever they got. And I'm like, who the fuck is this Chris Spieler guy? <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Who's this Pat Barber guy? This guy's a liar. Nobody's, you nobody know? can do 23 rounds of Cindy. It's impossible. Yeah, it's like, he would put these numbers up. And I'm like, what, the guy's, like, 5'3"? How's he doing that? There's no way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that, that was mine. Like, I loved that. And it was always a... What was funny was I was doing that and lifting, regular lifting. Mm. Like I would do chest and tries on Monday and then I would go and do a CrossFit workout. Yeah. I, I, I still, I wanted to look good. I, I didn't understand that that would make me look good. I just had a buddy, I, the guy that told me about it, uh, Nick Massman, he was actually, he worked out in Glassman's gym. So he was one that's like, oh. hey, I know you like crazy workouts. Check out this website. They put them up online now. I'm like, oh. Was that okay. Mark? Matt? Who was that? It was a uh, Nick. Matthew. Nick. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, he was one of like the original guys there, and and he was he actually did like the designing, like when they had they put out the how to design your own garage gym. He was one that had a lot of the pictures and a lot of the designs and mm. how to fabricate the stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, mine was the, the underground, go get your ass kicked all by yourself fight club kind of <laughs> scene that I like. I thought it was cool. So, so and it was the same thing, Michelle. Like, can I do this? Yeah. Fuck those guys on the comment board. I'm gonna beat all of them somehow. <laughs> Fuck and that little red guys. dot Who's would that? come up. I would look every day. Once I got into it, I would go every day and see if like a new comment was, and they would have like yeah. a little red dot by the new comments. I would yeah. do that on yes. a daily. All right. So Michelle, with your with your, I would I guess a background and relationship with old.com, how much did you look at that and how the workouts were programmed on a daily basis or how they programmed and what they did. Did you take into these two weeks of programming that you were going to bring to the table? Yeah. Um, when they asked me to do it, like, you know, the way Decacomp or the way I programming for our affiliates, for, you know, our athletes, whatever is totally different. And it represents just a different time. Okay. 
So I didn't want to, I didn't want to kind of uproot the whole classic one workout a day. Like um, I had looked at all the previous guest programmers and see what they did. And there's a lot of beauty and simplicity and it and uh, so we went into this two weeks kind of with the idea of respecting that one workout um i wanted to be different enough that it didn't feel like um you know anyone was writing it but i took into consideration like a bunch of things you know the the classic aspect of crossfit um the idea of how crossfit today looks a little bit different with the point of view of a more performance based, you know, programmer mm -hmm. versus like a daily fitness health programmer. Um, and I wanted to make a two weeks that was balanced when you looked at the two weeks, right? Like it's easy um, to over program because you want to get everything in one single session. Right. But the reality is, is that the, the whole idea of CrossFit is that it's not that one session that will get you fitter. It's going to be a combination of all of them. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to stay balanced in that form and, and stay true to the CrossFit side of that. But we put in a lot of our new touches. Like one of my favorite workouts of the two weeks was the 21.59 three times. So we did mm -hmm. an EMOM, but it's every six minutes. 2159 bike calories with goblet squats. Have you guys done that workout? I have not done that one, but I was like, I don't hate my legs or myself that much <laughs> to, to jump into that <laughs> right away. So that to me is where CrossFit is um, in terms of high performance. Mm. Like I'm not saying that everyone can do this workout as it's written with the implements and things like that. Like if you, if I were to give this workout to my class, it would look different, mm. but um, like the higher performers, the athletes that are really good um, and have been doing it for 16 plus years and know that they can hit that pain three times versus just once. I think that that's where CrossFit is today. Okay. Um, so I kind of wanted to play around with, that idea of threshold training, but in a more modern way for most people who have been doing CrossFit for, you know, that many years. So the goal was to be balanced. The goal was to, to, to show our flair. I also wanted to get my team involved in it because, mm -hmm. um, when I got the opportunity, like DECA comp or me, I'm not alone in what we do. I have some really great coaches that work with me and I wanted them to be involved. So, um, I asked them to kind of come up with some workouts and I chose some of their workouts that fit into the balance that I wanted to achieve over the two weeks. Okay. And so to me, it, it represented two weeks that was reflective of us as a group. Um, but also knowing very well that like one person programming always has repetitiveness, redundantness and things like that. So I wanted to, to for them to share in that opportunity, but also to get their idea of, there are specific goals in the workout and how that works because every single workout of those two weeks have different goals, right? Like the, you can look at it as it's a GPP goal. Like all of them will hit that mark, but they all have different aspects. One of them is aerobic. One of them is shoulder endurance. One of them is core endurance. The other one is uh, threshold training. Like they all have different goals. Um, so I just, you know, just wrote those two weeks with workouts that also, that comes into line. I wanted them to be fun and I wanted people to enjoy doing the workouts. And even if they didn't enjoy doing the workouts that they would ask themselves, why am I doing this workout? What's the goal? Um, and how is this going to get me better? Um, when you did that, I know that one of the comments that came out was, you know, with the 
guest programmer being Michelle, why isn't Michelle writing the workouts? Um, I think I think that what you said and how you brought that in was um, a really good and a fair statement. What guidance did you give your coaches as they were doing that? Did you kind of set up the here's the plan that I want? And or did you just go come you come up with something, you come up with something, and then did you try to fit them in afterwards? Um, how much guidance did you give as they were programming um, for your spot? It was the second option. I asked them to just be creative and to have fun, but whatever they wrote, that they would give me an idea of why they wrote it and what the goals are. And so if those fit in line in that balance, then I would pick one of them. So they all wrote like two, three, some of them were four or five pieces. Oh, okay. And so beside those pieces, they wrote the goals. And then together, um, we kind of made the week balance out with those goals. So we chose the workouts to go in the right place in the right order based on what they did previously and things like that. Yeah, I think I, what I really liked that you had on there was uh, – comments basically that a coach would be saying if they were in a class like yeah you should be shooting for this amount of reps you should be able to hit this many times you should be able to have you know here's the why we're doing this here's the how it should be done um i'd like that you added that in there whether that you know again whether that was and i like the fact that you had them that they had a handful of workouts and then you picked them you were able to put them in there or make sure that you knew what was going on so that it could be mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we want to. We as CrossFit fans want to hear from you. I mean, yeah. it's great that you have the team, and it, it, it. I mean, I think that that's awesome. But it's it's nice to know that you were leading that as well. For oh yeah, you, for your team, and, that's great. We want to know that it was you too. Yeah, I edited the workouts. Like, so they gave me some workouts, and I think there are about four workouts out of the two weeks that were from them. Okay, and they gave me their workouts, and I edited them so that it fits nicely, right? So like the first workout was a barbell cycling workout that included jerks um, in the workout. And I just couldn't have jerks because I think two days before with the previous programming, there were like tons of shoulder to overheads. So I kind of um, took out those jerks. So it was edited in a way that just made sense. So these, you know, um, I think one of the things that I also wanted to talk about and show with this, I can't think straight when I see that picture of myself. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is, it like, is that even the it? same? <laughs> so, anyways, um, I was like, um, that is a very aggressive picture they put up there. Uh, they did, for... yeah. It's a pretty, pretty gnarly <laughs> one. Don't look like that anymore. Um, but uh, the all of these like. Michelle Aton, like I have my style, you mm -hmm. know, I do my programming and I work with my athletes and this and that, but you know, these programming um, companies, they're not alone. They're not the only ones writing the programming. Rich, Fro Rich Froning isn't writing all the programming for Mayhem right. and, and vice versa. So I think it's really important to shout out to the people who work under all those big names because it is, uh, we're in a field, in a world, in an environment that big names like steal the show, but I mean, it's just like athletes out there on the floor, like they're not alone. They have tons of people working for them so that they can get that kind of um, uh, that kind of success. So I, I just wanted to get my team out there knowing that, like, yes, I curated the workouts. Mm -hmm. I, I asked them to be creative and I had those pieces fit into the two weeks. And so I like you know, we were working together, but all of those workouts were put in because I felt like they were the right workout for the right time. And um, I know that some of them 
caused huge controversy. Oh, we're going to go through every it's, single it's, one of them. Yeah. Don't worry. But, we'll get there. <laughs> but, um, the beauty about this programming style, this CrossFit programming style, the hopper model and all that stuff mm-hmm. is that you get just, you get to do different things and you learn from them, whether they're good or they're bad, you know, mm. but there's always a reason behind it. And to take anything out of context is just like, it's just, it's unreasonable. So the context of each piece is over the two weeks. We have to kind of look at the two weeks as a whole. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. Well, hey, that's why we have you here. We're, we're going to go workout to workout, which I can't uh, dive into. But I really like that explanation because on a personal level, like when Dave came on board and, and they're just Dave's workouts, I was like, I, like that's exciting to me. And, and all the other programs that we've had so far, and for you, I was in the same boat. It's like, I would love to see what Michelle has to offer for me. But I do like that you took the culture of what Decacomp is and how you guys operate and brought that to how you assemble the programming. But still, at the end of the day, you put this together in a format that you wanted, you curated, edited, as you said before. So like, even if like this wasn't designed by you specifically, it was still finalized, edited, and curated by you so mm-hmm. um, and I wrote like more than half the workout so if, if anyone is worried about me just putting on the work to my people and like I was more involved in yeah. this than than they were so mm-hmm. I like that 2159 is something that I wrote uh, the the endurance one is a workout that I loved that I edited like you know I had my hands in all of the workouts how many um uh, so we'll go workout to workout here but how many times, because I do this all the time, whether it's uh, for a weekly programming for the affiliate or uh, a competition that I'm doing, um, I've even pretended like I would get asked to do this one day. So I've been writing things and every week I go back and I probably erase half of them or change all of them on a week to week basis. How often did you do that leading up to it? And maybe during you're like, oh, I would have now, now seeing it a week later, I would have done it differently. Did you, did you have to wrestle um, with that the whole time? You know, I think, um, I can like, so I'm an artist. I studied in arts and one of the really important concepts when we study in art or design is the art of simplification. Um, and, and it's it, basically every time I went back to the workout, it was the questions I'm asking myself is always, is this the simplest way that I can achieve the goal that I want to achieve? So it always ends up like you always end up having to go back and edit. Most of the time you'll edit out or you, you'll try and make things really simple. But there's also this other con, uh, um, uh, concept that like, done is better than perfect. And I'm very well aware that nothing I'll put out on, on the, in the world, whether it comes to programming will be perfect. And um, my career has been built on me and Patrick, for example, working together and him giving me constant feedback on the training that I'm giving him. But I'm also really not afraid to make those kinds of mistakes. Like, Like programming, you can make mistakes. And, um, I, I just feel like, like if there's a workout in there that I looked at and I was like, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not too concerned by it. It's never going to be perfect. And right. like, you know, you'll look at a workout and you'll complain, this is the stupidest shit ever. Like, <laughs> how could this happen? Well, the reality is like, you know, it, it happened and, you know, I yeah. learned from it and whatever, or it's like, I yeah, stand by my gun and you don't have to like it if you want. Um, so there's, there's those workouts aren't, 
me. Uh, they're not uh, personal. It's mm -hmm. like a, a training that I think has uh, a specific goal. So yeah, I went in, I went, it, they, I didn't get that much time, by the way, from when they asked me to submit all the workouts uh, and the time that they asked me to do the programming, I think I had something like two or three weeks. I didn't have oh, that wow. Okay. I didn't have that much time. Yeah. So that's great because it allows me to really work on a time crunch, which I think most of us do very well. If you're minorly competitive or like yeah. performance oriented, you're like, ah, well, I have to do it. Like I say that's so, why I procrastinate is just so I can perform better and <laughs> I create my own crunch <laughs> time. <laughs> There's science behind that. But like, so there, there was a sense of we need to make sure that we just have two weeks that look balanced. And that's mm -hmm. also why I called on to my team, because it's like, man, if I were to be alone in this, I think I would ask myself a lot of questions and I would be really phased out. So having okay. them involved in the process, deloaded a lot of work and helped me make decisions on a little bit quicker that were like, oh, yeah, this this is great. Like, this is exactly it fits right in there. You know, I know the goal, like, perfect. So I could have gone back many, many times, but the time crunch stopped me from doing that. And I think I'd have to say I, I must have looked over the two weeks, probably, you know, 10, 12 times or yeah. so in different ways. But at one point, you're going to hurt yourself like you have to know when to stop. Oh, and for that's sure. another thing right. that in art you learn very much like you have to know when to stop because if you're confused and you keep adding, it's just going to be a whole mess. Well, so then, so then. Okay. How you said that you looked over it that many times, and this is just dot com. You know, there'll be a lot of different eyes on this. Yeah. How, how many times do you look at your deck of programming or when you're programming for the, you know, the second fittest in the world, you know, trying to get him to the top here? Um, how many times do you look at his programming versus this one before we get into all your programming? Yeah. So Patrick's programming is actually way easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I mean, he has very specific weaknesses and very specific strengths. So there's a sense of not having to overdo things. And there's also, there's less balance in his programming. Mm. Whereas the CrossFit.com or for example, our affiliate programming balance is a really important element and value that we have yeah. and so because there's that balance involved in the affiliate i'll take the affiliate programming as an example um my eyes are on the affiliate programming from the start of the work until the send out every week mm. and so every day i have a look and and luckily for me i'm at a point where i can i've delegated someone that is taking really good care of that but my eyes are still on it every single day making sure that the balance is there and so it's really an art you have to see oh did we do this last week um is this movement pattern conflicting with this movement pattern and there's so much to to kind of think about whereas patrick's programming um i go over most of all his comments to kind of adjust for the next week, but I don't, I don't kind of, there are very specific uh, goals with his training. Like mm -hmm. we have these general goals that we'll, we'll do to kind of create his block and his micro, macro cycle and everything. But like on a day-to-day -day basis, my goals for Pat are more on time domains, um, weaknesses and power endurance and technical endurance and those, I'm not too concerned with movements, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so the demands of that type of programming to me are just simpler to make yeah. decisions for no, than for affiliate or CrossFit. Well, you have someone that you know, like 
end to end ability to inability to and like that's that actually as you said is is really easy, easy to do but with yeah. .com it's you have this mythical we always say there's this the mythical abyss. crossfitter yeah you just yeah. into the nothingness uh, of that yeah. and 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 you nailed it because Bill and I talk about this all the time is like I have programmed so many shitty workouts over the last 15 years but it doesn't matter because I just have this endless horizon of Oh, oh, yep. Whoops. And then you just go to the next one. Right. And where I see the the stress level could be is that two weeks of a, of a, just a microsecond of what programming really is, is like, I do feel like there is a massive element of extra pressure there because mm-hmm. whether you put it on yourself, well, we always put it on ourselves, but you're totally yeah. nailed it because yeah, there's no pressure when you program for your affiliate. I've been coaching the Monday morning, 5am class and go, Hey guys, I know I said five rounds, but clearly it should be three. Yeah. <laughs> my bad and then the, you know the 6 a.m gets a better class than i give yeah. the 5 a.m like you know if you don't like like in design and in art you're told like if you're not pushing and playing and testing things and trying things out like you're never gonna discover anything mm. and so i think that that's a really important thing we need to think about when we when we do programming is that Yes, there needs to be a security element. There needs to be parameters that help us provide training that is secure and this and that. But, you know, if something is off balance, like really, it's it's not a big deal. And right. I, I'm fully aware that these two weeks, although I wanted them to demonstrate and show people my style and how I consider, how I see the CrossFit.com, um, but it's like there's no, I can't in two weeks. Hey, right, right. There's just not enough. There would have to be four hours of training and this and that, but there just isn't. And right. so, you know, one of the things that I value is keeping things simple. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, despite some people not liking some workouts, I think our workouts were simple. I think my workouts represent, you know, a, a true version of CrossFit or how I see CrossFit. And uh, like when I looked at the end of the week, I was really satisfied Mm -hmm. at at the end of two weeks, like before I sent out to uh, the CrossFit staff, I was really happy with what was written on the paper. Well, it, I know we keep saying we're going to get to your workouts, but this is the last one I promise (laughs) is that Bill and I, I love the artist equivalent that you're making right now because, and Bill especially has always talked about this is that we truly believe that programming is an art. And that you always see the artist within the art. There's just, there's, their DNA is threaded through that. Yeah. And the same way we try to be as objective as possible when we look at programming, there will be always that subjectivity, just like you see in in art itself, right? Yeah. Just take the Mona Lisa. As revered as it is, there are plenty of people that are like, this is a stupid painting of a chick. (laughs) Like, and that you that's, have to know why it's popular. Exactly, right? And so programming is the same thing. And there's a lot of the eye of the beholder when it comes to just people's opinions and preference of that. But at the main goal at the end of the day is like, hey, if we look at the nuts and bolts and really what this is founded on, like as long as we had a good grass-rooted founded foundation of, of what a workout was and how it looked like over two weeks, then mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. So likes and dislikes, meh. meh. Whatever. All right, so let's go through this. This was Monday, two weeks ago, and we had the seven rounds for time, seven deadlifts, seven hang power cleans, seven front squats at 155 and 105, which is 
DT weight. DT style. Yeah. DT style. I, I look at this as DT meets uh, Macho Man a little bit. It's mm. in some of that oh format. My goodness. I forgot about that. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then this, as you said at the bottom, is is it Jan Kozak? Did I, am, I, am I saying that Jan. correctly? Okay. Jan Kozak or Jan. Sorry. Oh, Jan. Oh, well, yeah. see, you know, yeah. that's. I'll, I'll, don't worry, Bill. I'll just, I'll butcher the names going forward. <laughs> Michelle, correct me. Yeah. Jan's a big barbell cycling guy. And, uh, I, I like barbell cycling, but I'm less interested in it. Um, I think it's an important part of our process. And I think that everyone likes a good barbell cycling workout. So the, uh, the front squats instead of the jerks, I think creates, uh, a more sense of urgency. And uh, I think most people look at DT, obviously the rep scheme is, is it is different. Um, but because the rep scheme is lower kind of, and the front squats avoid some shoulder to overhead mm -hmm. limitation, I think this workout really challenges the posterior chain in a very different, unique way. So mm. there's this, there's a, an element of burn that comes with this workout. Oh, so yeah. people, you can look at this workout and say, I can do this unbroken for sure. And so we all know what that means, right? <laughs> yeah. and, yes. You know, Jack, you'll ask that. <laughs> so, um, and the fact that there's a rest in between there. That's, like, the, that's is, it right there. Yeah. That's, that's the why, part that I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is why the workout workouts like this are super beneficial um, for, yes, for, for the general pop population, but mm -hmm. for athletes specifically having that rest. Um, if I were to make, if I were to write this workout for a competitive athlete like Pat, um, I would have it slightly heavier, but the goal would really be just, you know, the 21 reps unbroken. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would really challenge the athletes and hopefully the load, um, uh, not the load, but the rest is enough to get them recovering. And then if you have an even more advanced athletes, like at games level, you would have them do an active recovery to kind of challenge that ah, barbell okay. cycling endurance. Okay. So like this workout has a lot of benefit and it's so simple. Like I think all, like we've all programmed a workout like this, this, mm -hmm. when, when this workout came up was like, ah, it's, you know, it's not different. It's not, it's not special in, in its, in and of itself like that, but it's very achievable and it's just that little bit heavier than we want. Plus there's the rest. Yeah. I, I like it. The, the simplicity of it. I look at that. I'm like, oh damn, this is just conditioning with a barbell. Yeah. But you, you talked about DT and switching out, say maybe the shoulder overhead component for front squats. I was like, man, that makes it, this makes it so much worse for someone like me because in DT, I'm like, let's just get to the shoulder overhead and then coast is clear. But when you make it front squats, I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I got to get yeah. to the front squats and then it all starts. <laughs> well, it's like the, the weight is on you the whole time. At least kind of when you're doing that shoulder overhead, there's the, that moment mm. where it's kind of leaving your body, mm. even though you're kind of holding it up there. But when it's sitting right on your chest the whole time, and yeah. you know that that's the part because you brought the reps down on the deadlift on the and uh, the hang power cleans, it really is the front squat. So you have to hold on to that, and you're going to want to hold on to that to get it all unbroken. Mm -hmm. And then that one minute rest every single time. That's what I love about intervals type work is whenever you have rest, yeah, your heart rate's coming down, but it allows you to feel everything that you just did, and you're having to assess every single time whether you want to or not then it makes it really bad, especially when you get like, uh, you know, like past round four and five. Uh, I yeah. like this one. I like it. Um, this, I mean, there's so much to this workout. Like 
like if you want to have success in this workout, we think like when we see that rest, we kind of have this idea that we have to go really fast, right? Seven deadlifts really fast, mm. seven hang tower knees really fast, seven front squats really fast. And then we get to rest. But that spike um, is actually probably detrimental. So there's a sense of controlling your speed of execution to really be successful in this workout. This workout can be a lot easier than than we think it can be if we just breathe and work our way through this movement. And we tend to think barbell cycling, we have to go fast to reduce our time under tension, yeah. but increasing the time under tension actually helps us increase our endurance for workouts. Let, let's say you're in a competition and you have this to get through and you've trained both fast and slow, then you know that if you're doing this, you can slow yourself down at the beginning and then speed up at the end, et cetera. So there's a speed of execution element to this workout that I really like. Yeah. Um, in addition, if you look at the movement pattern, these front squats are way harder because the hamstrings <laughs> are pummeled right. nonstop. All the, everything you need to have fast front squats mm -hmm. are just being pre-fatigued. So there's, there's, like you don't get that with DT. You don't get that because right. like you said, uh, Chase, like you get to the shoulder to overhead and it's almost rest. Yeah. I remember double DT at the games in 20. 16. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, okay, the, the mentally when I was going through that workout was just get to the shoulder to overheads. Totally. Yeah. Like just get there. That was like my, uh, recompense, like, uh, the, the, uh, uh, my, my treat like in the workout that was the oh, one nice. that I was looking forward to is just a shoulder out to overhead and it was kind of the same thing with the heavy DT that we did previous year where it's like the the deadlifts are kind of strenuous the hang power cleans were really hard and then the shoulder to overheads were kind of like not not a not the same but still kind of less strenuous you know mm -hmm. so um great combination of movements here i think jan really hit the mark on on the combination taking out the shoulder to overhead i think made this workout harder. oh yeah yeah all i all i read is front squat so this was totally yeah, yeah. this is a great way to to kick things off and then you jump to day two and as many yeah. rounds as possible in 20 minutes 20 single under crossovers yeah 10 burpee pull-ups and then 12 ghd sit-ups yeah. And so we go from just barbell cycling, some work capacity, like you said, is, is a somewhat of an, an endurance threshold training. And then I, I love what you have here and some of these goals too, to help people understand is like, we're working on conditioning and that pulling endurance. Mm. I, I like those little additions that you added to your programming. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think that helps people appreciate training, whether they like it or not. And I think it also me, um, when I was an athlete and when I was being coached, it was super important for me to understand why I was doing things. Um, because I didn't like, especially I started later, like I started competing when I was 24, 25 and I finished when I was like 30 something, 30 or 31. And so when you get older, you kind of want to, like, you don't have that much full on energy to give anymore. Uh, like, mm. um, you can't just, you know, have the mind of a champion and say, well, I'm going to give everything I can and it will come back to me because hard work pays off and all that. stuff. <laughs> not to say that that's not good, but there needs to be some form of intellectual understanding of what you're doing if you're going to keep pummeling yourself year after year. And so when we write coaches notes and when I write coaches notes, the 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 why this workout exists is crucial in helping athletes do the workout carefully because workouts are not just like 
I don't consider workouts to be just, you know, yes, you want to go in and just have fun, which is gen pop stuff. But if I'm talking to an athlete, workouts are how you're going to improve and what you need to work on. So if you don't have that, mm -hmm. why you'll miss the mark. Um, and it'll also give you something to think about when you're doing something that you don't like, right? In this workout, I tried this workout. And to be honest, I've never done single crossover before. So I was like, ooh. It can get frustrating. <laughs> it's like learning double letters all over again. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I'm at a point now, it's like, I don't want to be learning new things. Like I kind of want to just work out <laughs> doing this, doing this has forced me to think about how, you know, how thinking about how to do the crossover singles, because mm -hmm. I've watched so many people do it right. and I've coached so many to, to do it based on what I've identified as like winning movement patterns for that movement. And I was putting this into uh, practice in the workout. So when I did this workout, my goal was to understand what I was doing in the single under crossovers. Okay. And when I missed, what did I do? And so that why made this workout for me way more enjoyable. And, and I was way more focused and in the moment. So I think giving those whys and, and the reasoning behind the workouts is good for the athlete, but it's also incredibly important for coaching sure. because it allows people to understand why they're scaling and how to scale. And it gives people creative ideas on how to scale. Okay. Yeah, and I think that why of, for the athlete, especially um, that intellectual part, I think that just because an athlete is a good athlete, they have all the capacity, they have the strength, they have the ability. They may not have the body awareness of understanding what they should be feeling at this particular point in this particular workout. So training is that learning session. So you're giving them the, the, the objectives of what they're trying to learn that day, which I think mm -hmm. is huge in this workout. I think it's great because the younger CrossFit or the gen pop could have fun at all these things. There, it's, this is like recess. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's fun. The competitive athlete is going to be like, okay, where can I get these things? What this is conditioning. I understand that. Okay. Pulling endurance. Okay. I can see where that's happening. I can mm -hmm. see where I'm supposed to be nailing my marks here. So I, I think it's fun one. I think it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Okay. I, I want to have a, a why for I've you been getting a lot about this workout. Okay, you might be about to answer the question I'm going to ask you. Yeah. So <laughs> someone's saying why the 12 G that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is such a problem. <laughs> I'll tell you why mine, because I have OCD and okay. I am stuck in the rut of numbers. And so, yes. First of all, okay, look at this workout and what are the numbers that are in the workout? Yes. Two, zero, one, two. Okay. You have three, three numbers, three movements. It's like a pattern. Okay. Number one. But the real reason is that when we counted roughly how many rounds were going to happen when we had an idea of how many rounds people were going to hit. I felt like 15 GHD sit-ups per round would slow people down. And I felt that in the long run, it was just a little bit too much volume that I was comfortable giving for this movement. Oh. I'm not a huge fan of GHD sit-ups. Um, personally, when I was an athlete, I couldn't really do them RX unless I was in competition. It just caused me a lot of trouble. Interesting. Pat is the same way. So I, I really, I, if you ask me, I would have given a different movement. Okay. But um, it, it's just to me was a, to me was the right amount per round. And if athletes were going to do like a lot of rounds, the total yeah. volume of it was something that I considered reasonable. And if athletes were going to get less round to me was like just a safer, less, I, I felt like those three less reps were going to help people be more consistent um, and just, just not overdo the volume. Mm -hmm. 
Well, so we what, were considering doing less GHD, and then I was like, it's going to be way too many rounds. And we were considering doing more GHD and just doing an X amount of chunk like of GHD sit-ups really targets people and slows them down. So for me, 12 is a nice number that people can go and in, in smoothly through the movement okay. um, and not like explode themselves. Because like I said, I'm not a fan of that movement. You just, you just took a different angle of, of the artistry there. You were looking yeah. at that particular movement. We were looking at the numbers where it's like, why don't you just make it 10? Yeah. <laughs> Four, <laughs> 22, 12, and 12. Dude. Dude, in, whatever two, number it is happy. right well i think it's great i think and again i think it's great that you're like okay you you're seeing where the hitch of that uh you know wh what's the the point of that workout and you know it's going to be that ghc that's either going to make it too many or too less i mean pull-ups or pull-ups okay mm -hmm. crossovers okay unless you get hung up on the on the crossovers they are what they are but you know that that's the working piece so you're like okay i want about this many reps total here's the number i need to make that yeah. So screw your, repeti your repetitions of twos and ones and zeros and whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, oh, why'd you put that streak of yellow in there? Damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we go from the, like you said, the pulling endurance one. And this one, it has upper body pressing strength endurance and posterior chain endurance was part of your reasoning uh, of this one. And it's five rounds for time, four strict deficit handstand pushups at four and six inches eight kipping deficit handstand pushups, and then 16 box, or uh, sorry, dumbbell box stepovers at 1535 in a 24 and 20-inch box. Yeah. And it's this just like, all right, we did uh, a interval base, and then we went AMRAP, and now we're coming to it for time. Yeah. All right. Simple. Simple. All right. Is uh, Where do you sit on, okay, it's like, hey, this is, I want deficit in there at this at this, uh, you know, height, where, where do you land on that? Yeah. So this is a workout that we wanted to challenge, uh, the best ones out there because it is an easy movement to scale. Mm. Um, so we wanted to get people working on that deficit strict handstand pushups. We've seen like wall facing a ton. Um, but I think that the d strict deficit handstand pushup is, got a lot of um a lot more posterior chain involved in it um i like the position of it especially if you're using parallettes um i like the tripod position of it and the 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 classic pressing movement but like i said it we wanted with this one to challenge the best athletes um out there but keep it simple enough that you can very easily modify this to a vertical press with an external load Right. The, because the, the move, the workout isn't handstand pushup. The workout is strict press into dynamic press into isometric hold. Mm. That's what the workout is. Um, and that was the idea. And so this looks like a triplet, but it's a, like I consider this more of a couplet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it's actually not too complicated. The um, I just saw a question pop up posterior chain for the glutes, but no posterior chain. Yes, for the legs on the step ups, but also for the upper back. Yeah, I was going to say the back of my shoulders that would yeah. just get smoked that I need to be to, for my handstand or to at least be inverted for that pressing movement. Yeah. And so um, the goal wasn't necessarily to stop people in their track with the deficit handstand push-up. The goal was really to have them working. This is a workout that I that 
looks like I took it out of Pat's training okay. and put it into um, like this uh, on the CrossFit.com. That's how I work uh, pressing endurance, and it could also be any type of of press. It could be you know push up into plyo push up, or it could be like a front squat into thruster, for example. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of 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 yeah. working that endurance, but specifically for the handstand push up or the the lockout, that was the idea behind it. I mean, I say if you pulled it right out of it, the playbook, I was like, yep, upper body pressing strength endurance. Sounds like yeah. something <laughs> that Pat <laughs> should continue to, to work on. <laughs> yeah, he's done it. <laughs> yes. So, and I like the, uh, the switching of the styles and the formats. And uh, like we said, is like going from that interval base to a um, AMRAP and then, and then to a for time. And, and then we come to rest day and this is where, when specifically when, uh, you know, we'll, we'll say it's like when Ben Smith programmed was really the first time there was an AB option, the B option being an actual workout. Mm. What you brought to this was active recovery mm. in a sense. And you also used swimming and so for those that don't understand the difference between active recovery and an alternate workout, will you explain that <laughs> to people a little bit and, and why you specifically chose swimming for this active recovery option? Um, so I'll start with the first question. The difference between active recovery and um, a workout is you, you can be as simple as having a heart rate that's below you know, 150 or whatever your percentage, your heart rate zones are for your specific uh, heart rate uh, threshold. But like anything that's above your green zone or mm-hmm. zone three is considered a workout. Um, so if you're not doing, if you're finding your heart rate jumping up and you're breathing hard, that's not active recovery, you know, and it all depends also on the context. You know, if you're peaking towards your competition, you can afford to have slightly higher heart rates because your recovery rate will probably be a little bit better. But even then, it depends, you know. Um, so I chose swimming because I've been so for the last two, three years, I've been doing and dabbling in triathlon and swimming is my background. I learned swimming very young. And so for me, swimming was like second nature. So, you know, with the CrossFit Games, having so much swimming involved and now every competition having so much (laughs) swimming, I was like, man, it's the one thing that I should be able to coach, but I don't know how to coach because I learned it so young. And so being with this triathlon club that I'm with right now, we swim twice a week and I've learned so, so much about uh, swimming techniques and, and swimming threshold training and how, how to swim for endurance events versus sprinting, right? When I was right. a swimmer slash water polo player, because water polo is my actual sport, but I was swimming like 110, 100 meters, you know? Like I right. was sprinting the shit out of that stuff. <laughs> but I, 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 I never really learned how to swim long distance. I never really learned how to use stroke rate. I never really learned how to use, um, like how to use pacing and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of put that in there because it's something that I'm more comfortable with today. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think in my notes, I wrote, like, you have to have a, like a certain amount of rest. And so 
there's a risk to doing swimming for a lot of CrossFit athletes because a lot of CrossFit athletes don't know how to swim. <laughs> right. Um, Nothing recovery know. about not knowing how to swim and then yeah, throwing yourself the in the pool. <laughs> like swimming can be really hard. And, and, you know, we have this thing in our club that we do and that always, always puts me back into the beginner uh, shoes. They have, I don't know, Chase, you probably did this, but they have a swimming with a tube around our feet. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Bill, did you swim too? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they have this swimming with a tube around our feet. And I do this regularly in the club. And every single time I'm like, holy crap, this is how people who don't know how to swim feel all the time. <laughs> this is the worst. So um, anyways, like this workout here, this swimming workout was just more for me. Like I'm comfortable with coaching swimming now. I think swimming, if you can do it what right, it's, it's probably one of the best active recoveries you can do because it's low impact. It's, it, it, it it's aerobic and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but you can't get better at swimming unless you swim yeah. and you have to swim. But if anyone here is listening and they're athletes or they want to improve their swimming, the best thing you can do to improve your swimming is to get coaching. Yes. It's not like another sport. It's not like weightlifting. It's not like running. It's not like anything else. Swimming needs to be taught and you have to learn techniques to swim properly. God, so that's God something that I used to do all the time when I was an athlete. <laughs> Uh, seek out specialty coaching, but swimming has to be something that you learn from coaches and putting that workout there or not workout, but that mm. active recovery was my way of kind of saying we need to include it, but we need to do it well. Yeah. You know? Well, swimming is the highest skilled monostructural activity you could do. Like, and it's not even close. It, well, it, it's intense. like everybody just wants to get better. So they're like, okay, Chris Henshaw, give me a workout. It's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn how to do that stuff first before yeah. you can start putting any pacing and, and it's it, whatever the technique is, whatever the high skill movement or uh, activity is, whether it's snatching, whether it's ring muscle ups, whether it's swimming, you can't just jump into it and think you're going to get it. Yeah. Because I can write work. I've done this with some of my athletes too, is I can put a workout out in this workout here. I mean, you may have, so if you're having someone do a 50 meter 15 times, Mm -hmm. that depending on the athlete that could crush them, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to need a lot more than, you know, 45 seconds rest in between because they did a whole shit ton of working out during that down and back. Yeah. So it's, you know, the more efficient you are, the less of a workout you're getting, the easier it ends up being, especially for this one. I look at this and I'm like, Oh, that's a really nice one. Yeah. Someone mm -hmm. else would look at that and be like, Holy shit. Dude, especially if you had those? an outdoor pool. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. So great. I know. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, that's it, a nice day in the sun. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I, I struggled with this one too, because to me, 50 meters in, in 90 seconds, it's like, uh, what else am I going to do, you know? But, uh, <laughs> um, Check my honestly, email, do my taxes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know very well that that was, that was a challenge. Um, but the notes, hopefully people read them and, you know, stay within your comfort zone. And, mm -hmm. and like, sometimes I program workouts for, uh, I have Taya, who's one of my athletes, who's a teen and I program swimming workouts that I consider to be reasonable volume, but she responds to me. It's like, this was too much. And I scaled it this way. And so she read the notes, you know, like, um, but yes, uh, it, like I was hesitant, but I, I was actually considering doing just a rest day, but, mm. um, I feel like 
one, I always give my athletes the choice. Most of the time they have the choice. Like by the end of my career, I was taking two full rest days a week. And Pat is when he gets into busy seasons or whatever, he gets two full days, uh, rest days a week. And, and I think that, um, there's not much I can do as an online programmer, um, to, you know, convince people to take that extra recovery time. But, but if there's anything I can guide them into what it should look like. Um, so yeah, I think people have to learn on their own on those things. Like I don't have control over that. Yeah. So I learned on my own, like when I started doing CrossFit, like uh, my first year, I was a walking tendonitis, you know, (laughs) and then I was like, oh, okay, I can't do it all the time. Every day is super hard. I have to, you know, and that's, to be honest, it's probably one of the most profound ways to learn something. Yeah. We all, we all learn the hard hard way in a sense, but uh, I I did like that distinction, especially swimming is, it's so valuable. I, Mm -hmm. I actually, I'm supposed to do a call with, morning chalk up about the value of swimming in CrossFit program, which I can't wait to talk about because I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's insane. Like that sport, like, like I said, I'm just in a triathlon club now and um, I'm relearning my swimming techniques mm. like completely. So, well, it's so different like, from water polo too. <laughs> oh yeah. And like water polo, they don't care about your technique. Yeah. <laughs> just want you to, to go, you know, but like when I learned to swim, we learned the S pole and now I'm learning like a straight elbow bend, you know, kind of thing. And it, and it mm-hmm. was, it took me a while, but I've taken off. Like, I think my threshold speed when I started doing that club was like 136 or something like that. Now okay. I'm down to 126. In, oh, wow. In, wow. Yeah. So for most of you guys, it doesn't mean it doesn't, like, we don't know what it means, but it's a huge improvement for an adult swimmer, you mm-hmm. know? It's awesome. Uh, so Friday, this is where mm-hmm. the, the, um, the nasty oh, one you were talking about. This, so it's uh, every six minutes for three sets, 21, 15, nine echo bike cows and goblet squats with a 32 or 24 kg kettlebell. So uh, 70 or 53 for those that work in pounds. And f- for those that don't understand the format, will you walk them through that? Yeah. So at the start of go, so at zero, you'll do 21, 15, nine of the bike calories and the kettlebell goblet squats. So there's the, the full workout, the full 2159 in the six minute window. And at the six minute, you do it a second time. And then at the, help me out here, six, 12, 12 minutes, <laughs> 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 a long day, <laughs> 12 minutes, you do it again for a third time. So essentially the total volume of reps we're looking at, um, 45, total reps yeah. of both movements three times. Yeah. Which is great because if I did this once, I wouldn't want to do a second one, let alone a third, let alone again in the same calendar year. Mm. <laughs> of course, in this format, you're not going to send it as if it was just 21.59 once, but okay. When you're looking at this is that what real like intensity goal do you give the athletes on how to approach the first set so that it's sustainable for the next two? Yeah. So if we were to go on RPE, the first set is an eight. Okay. And the second set is an eight to nine. And then the last set is a full 10. And that naturally increases. You'll probably hit the same numbers in the power output, but that, that the RPE increases. So we should be going at, if you prefer description wise, it's like a hard controllable pace. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
this workout is a very good example of what I'll give my athletes who are competitive at training, um, th like threshold training. Like this is, we'll take away the L1 idea of threshold training, which is like training under our technical, like, uh, uh, oh, right. yeah. you know, yeah. this is really working at a threshold pace. It's like doing 400 meter repeats. Um, at a very specific pace, which is not hard, not extremely hard at the beginning, but you finish with the same pace, but the effort perceived is super high. Mm -hmm. So you can like, these workouts are very potent and there's not a lot of these workouts in our training. Like I, I'll give this workout once a week to Pat, something like this. And then when we're in a big intensification phase, he'll do two of these um, in a week and it won't exactly be the same, but the, the, the pace, it's kind of like a corrective tool. Like if you do this type of training enough, you know what your intensity looks like. So it's a great yeah. competition skill to have. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that people did this workout for the first time and couldn't do the second <laughs> round and third. I think there's yeah. a natural element of, of kind of, you know, not understanding what this is like, but there's also a confidence booster in here because, um, you know, I write aim for four to five minutes of work. It it was actually probably closer to five minutes of work. And there's a sense of trusting that you're pulling it back just enough to hit that five to five, 10 minutes of work. Mm -hmm. And knowing that despite the sacrifice of those 10, 15 extra seconds that you can do, you'll be able to repeat it. And so when I coach athletes in competitions, when we see workouts that seemingly look like they're really high intensity, I'll always kind of refer to event to training like this and say, like you have to attack it like this, you know, right. this is the kind yeah. of reserve you want at the beginning. And they have confidence in that reserve because they've done it in training. Yeah. And so that's what this training is about. It's like super valuable uh, training system. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you're giving them that, that feedback system to where they have to be able to feel, well, one, you got to train it. And, and a lot of training doesn't have that in it. One, because it hurts. So yeah. it's really painful to do. Um, two, I also like th that you said that you, you know, you really only put something that's this potent once or twice a week. You know, we always, one of the criticisms of CrossFit is that we just care about you going as hard and as fast as you possibly can and high intensity <laughs> and whatever. Die. And it's like, no, this is the intensity one. Mm -hmm. The other ones are hard, but that doesn't mean that the intensity is high. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just hard. Yeah. Or it's just, you know, um, mus muscle fatigue sort of endurance type of setup. But this is specific to I just want to see how much gas and how much fire you can put on yourself and understand how bad it's supposed to hurt so that you can continue that a couple more times. Mm. You know, I, I think I, it is a ma that's a massive training tool. Massive. Yeah. And we do it differently. Like that's one example. When I when I wrote this workout, I actually I actually called Pat and I asked him what his favorite type of workout was. Mm. And then he said he really likes the repeatable ones like this um, because it, it has very, very specific goals. And it's like, when you're doing them, your competitive nature takes over. Like I, I did this workout. I did it on a biker because I couldn't get the echo bike out. Plus I suck at echo bike and I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I did it on the bike erg, but uh, the, there's a sense of like, I can't not do this, mm. you know, and sometimes you achieve it, sometimes you get it and, and, and a lot of times you don't. 
But workouts like that, I think, hit Pat where he's really good, where it's like, no, I'm going to do this. Like, it's no matter what, no matter how painful it is, I'm going to do this. So yeah. he said to me that he really liked those type of workouts. So I'm like, great, I'll take that format because I really didn't think he liked those type of workouts. But I think he just likes things that are very specific in, in their goals and stuff like that. So um, and then we do a lot of those with 2159s. Um, so I figured... I wanted something that was simple, but not body weight, because I think body weight was already taken care of that week and this and that. So mm -hmm. the goblet squat, something that you can always do one more rep, you know, like there's also no very underrated, huh? It's a very underrated movement too. Like yeah. it just, yeah. you like, you know, you can, you just don't want to. It's like yeah. a burpee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think burpee is probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, the goblet squat is, the, so I, I really like that workout. I think it's super beneficial and, you know, knowing that this workout was going on the got.com and that other people than Patrick Vellner were going to do this workout, um, uh, like cool. scaling yeah. becomes super important. And I think I wrote in the notes that the beginner athletes should be act actually done before advanced athletes in this type of workout because mm. their recovery rate is not the same. Um, and they're, they don't have the same experience to know what high intensity is, what moderate intensity is and all that stuff. So we need to, like, they need to aim for more like four minutes of work, uh, rather than, um, uh, than the five minutes, you know, it, it would have been really cool if you would have had, um, either a video of Pat or a time of Pat, like, and put it in the comments, like old school days. He did it. Pat I did, well, it but but have him on there like as a comment. You know what I mean? That's why I used to do. Be like, oh, would Rob Orlando get in that? Oh, would Chris Bieler get in yeah. that? Yeah. And just to no. have him, that would be like very old school. Or like even when uh, HQ would video the athlete doing the work. I'm sure you've done some of those. No. Have, really? No. You never had to do that? I'm in Canada. I'm like across the border. <laughs> yeah, that's a long ways away. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to have Pat film himself, but he's really far out and I, it was a little, getting a little too complicated, but he did give me his time and I can look it up okay. in uh, his things and I can nice. put it in cool. the comments, but it was something stupid, like friggin' for something, you know, Jeez. something to make us all feel good about ourselves. Obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who wants to know? And, and for the record, I think I posted my times in the comments. I think I did like five twelve, and then like, I was a little bit faster after because I was like, oh, I need to kick myself <laughs> in the butt a little bit. Whoops. Let me tell you, I couldn't walk for a good right. week after that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, what I like that you transitioned from that like intense interval piece uh, to a strength piece, essentially, yeah. is that, that you had here. And it is the, the two part of that I like is that you had this running clock, zero to 10 minutes one snatch high pull into one hang power snatch. And then in the next 10 minutes, it was one power snatch, two hang squat snatches. Thank you for specifying squat, by the way. I know people don't normally do it, but some people need to know. Yeah. And what I really liked about this is that you infuse technique work that also can dub, especially when you look at snatch, is that there's two ways to lift more weight, get stronger or get better technique. And when you do both is when you see those magnificent jumps, totally. those miracle days. Yeah. And you have a, you basically have essentially both parts in here. And then even the percentage maxes, I think was so key is that, okay, well, what do I work up into? It is like 30 to 50% you said in part one, and then really just get as heavy as you can in part two, as one is not only just a warm up setup technique drill to improve part two. So yeah. I, I really did like the combo that you had here. Well, good. I mean, 
I think like I'm in love with technique. Um, I think that's probably um, why I was so uh, like successful as an athlete um, because technique was something that I felt was super important. Like I said, when I was competing, I sought out specialty coaching in almost everything that I wanted to improve, which is it started off with plyometrics. Um, I couldn't for the life of me do plyometrics. <laughs> And uh, so I, I, still, I got some help from a coach for that. And I got some help from a coach for weightlifting because I'm a smaller athlete. And if I'm going, like I was strong for my size, so I needed to be technically sound so that I can stay safe and things like that. Plus I loved it. Um, and that's, that's what drew me. Remember when I said at the beginning, I said, I love doing CrossFit because it brings me back to doing sports. And when I did sports, some of the things that I loved doing the most was the drills having very specific mm. goals and practicing those drills. I could be in the pool for hours practicing, getting a pass on the right side and shooting it to the, to the net. And, and so this to me is like crucial for anybody that does CrossFit. Not everyone likes this. I know, you know, at my gym, there are tons of people that don't like it when they learn new things and that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, but being this Michelle Letang guest programmer thing, I wanted something that reflected that. So, and on top of that, what's hard with this is that I can write this and, you know, everyone reads this and they say, yes, working on technique, like right. I have to do the high pull, I have to do this and that. And probably most of them are not doing it well. <laughs> you know? And so there's this part of me that's like, ah, like, like, are they going to do it like I want them to do it? Like, this mm -hmm. is the, the control freak of being a coach for so long. And when you put me in front of a group of athletes to teach the snatch high pull and the snatch hiring power snatch, that's where I'm at my best, you know, but I think that if you're going to do it, I think this is a great way to do it because everyone wants to go heavy. And so I can't take away that desire, yeah. but I can control it in a way that, well, before you do that, you know, have something to focus on because it'll probably apply very specifically to going heavy. And in this case, this is a complex that I like to use on uh, bar elevation. Okay. So snatch high pull, the goal of the snatch high pull is to get the leg drive and the continuous leg drive through the ground um, and then transferring that to the bar and then the high pull into the bar. So it's all about getting the bar high, not to the point of, you know, excessiveness, um, but it's about getting the bar high and the hang power snatch. The goal is to hit that triple extension, but right away, forget that bar path going up and pulling yourself into it. So there's this combination that I use a lot mm. in my programming. Um, and then the part two of it, the hang, the, the reason why I wanted to do the power snatch and not like just a snatch is just to limit the load a little bit. Okay. So that they can continue to have the technical application um, that I wanted them to have. And then having the two hang squat snatches, hang is probably one of the worst positions that I see CrossFitters like in almost every gym I walk into. When you don't I like the, the knees forward, elbow bend, hang setup position? No. In the pocket? <laughs> the pocket. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, like, <sighs> I, I think that the hang is, first of all, when you do Olympic weightlifting, so when I retired CrossFit, I went into weightlifting as a sport. I competed in weightlifting for two years. The hang snatch is actually easier than snatching from the ground for most athletes, maybe not the hang, mm. but like from the blocks, let's say yeah. it's easier. The bar is already in the right position, but for CrossFit athletes who rely heavily on their backs and their hinge and their posterior chain hamstrings and not enough on their legs, it's like 
all of a sudden the movement just completely changes. Right. So I'm, I want to force people. It's not a kettlebell swing. No, it's not like there, there's a happy medium between the kettlebell swing movement and whatever. But one of the key references that I use for doing a snatch from a hang position or the snatch high pull is the push press and having that, uh, Ooh, my camera just went funny. Having that <laughs> leg drive, like you would in a push press yep. that is, uh, at, like in the hang, the only difference is that you'll start like a push press. You'll, you'll bend your knees and stay vertical like a push press. And then you'll lean forward into the knees and then you're probably well balanced and stuff like that. So like, I obviously this, this written black on white like this doesn't have the same impact as a coach sure. telling you to do this, but you know, if, Anyone out there doing the dot com is just a little bit like me where they're reading all of this and it piques their curiosity and they go online and they look at videos of hang snatches and they look at videos of, you know, high pulls and things like that. And they really try to analyze what people are doing and do it. I think that's like the next best thing. Yeah. Well, and I like what you said about, okay, we went power snatch into hang squat snatches to somewhat limit the load these athletes can lift and that forces the emphasis on technique with the loading that you use versus yeah. oh i'm just going to grip and rip from the floor and just try to hit as heavy as i can because it's a heavy day there's a barbell and that's what we're doing and the way you constructed this in somewhat of a complex format does limit how heavy they can go so okay what's the next best thing to get out of this if i'm not lifting weights to get stronger it's like lifting better to lift heavier weights yeah. Um, I did this workout and I took the second piece as just continuing technical work. So I didn't add too much weight to it. Um, and then I had a few people talk to me that they did this workout and they ended up choosing to continue to work on their technique just with a different complex. And I like to hear that. I mean, like we lift heavy a lot, you know, um, but having, like I said, there's always a why, like having that why and having that careful, thoughtfully uh, thought out movement is crucial uh, and it's unique to CrossFit. And so, yeah, it's not the great workout, like in the sense that you're going to go into the gym and you're going to do just that. Like you can do extra stuff after no one's telling you not to do anything extra. But I wanted to put that in there because that kind of session is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, the, that was a Saturday, Sunday, you had a full rest day. Yes. And we come back to week two starting on Monday and you have yeah. run, ski, run, run one mile, ski 500 meters, run one mile. Some, I get, uh, gosh, what is that freaking, I love this workout. Jerry? I get Jerry vibes. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Is it Jerry? That's a row. Bill, is it Jerry? Yeah. Except it's a 2k row, I believe. Yeah. In the middle I've done there. that workout before. And so when I look at this right off the bat is that I see, okay, mile run, all right, six to eight minutes. And then I see another mile run. And then I see 500 meters. I'm like, okay, well that very short. And so what was the intent of putting ski here and making it 500 meters? Um, it's, you know, the reason I put this workout in is because I think run, swim, run in 2017 that year. And, and it's funny because when I did, CrossFit competition, like I sucked at endurance events, but now that I do endurance sports, I really, really like this. And I think that people need to do more of this, you know, Bill earlier and I, you and I were talking about people should be doing this and this and that. I kind of think that people should be doing stuff like this a little bit more 
because it's, again, it's kind of like, you don't always have to go all out to have a good stimulus. Personally, I would have, um, I would have loved to put in a swim here, but it's not possible. But the reason why the ski is so short is that it just forces people to slow down their first run mm. and to be thoughtful about how they do their ski and know that like, you know, it's, it's really a running workout and there's like a rest, but muscularly speaking that ski, it hits you in the core, it hits you in the hips. Yeah. Um, the change of movement pattern will probably get you a spike of heart rate. So how good are you at managing your running efforts for that? That was kind of the goal. To me, this is more like a test um, okay. in that way. But as a training piece, uh, it's a, it's really about learning your paces in the run because it's so important. Again, my, my mindset goes to comp competition. Like when you do when you look at this workout, it's a running workout and there's an interference in there. That's a ski movement. So mm -hmm. is the ski is 150 per 500 on the ski worth the extra effort? Like right. if your easy pace is, is 155, but you're like, I'm going to go 147. Is that <laughs> going right. to be worth what you're going to do for six to eight minutes. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it forces people to kind of, rationalize what they're doing yeah you have to understand what those paces mean it doesn't take much for your threshold or for your for your zones to change like we don't know the ski as much as other machines but if right. you know that your two minute per 500 pace is a very comfortable pace and your heart rate is consistently low there but 150 gets you in a zone four then that 150 is not worth it. It's 10 seconds in a workout that represents about 20 minutes. So you need to choose where you'll put your effort. Yeah. It also, to me, it, it, it's it, running is something that I wish I would have learned when I was an athlete um, is how running doesn't have to suck. If you know <laughs> how to run at a specific pace and you know yourself. Um, and every single time I had a run in when I was when I was competing, it like the mental beatdown I would mm -hmm. take because I had to run at a specific speed. And the only workout I think I did that really well was the triple three. Ah, yeah. Where I was like, you know, run your race, do your thing. And I finished that race exactly at the right level of fatigue. I, I never stopped. Like everything was good. But aside from that, running was always such a big weakness. So um, I think learning to run is really important, but people think that they need to learn to run fast in order to learn to run. But what I've learned is that you need to run slow in order to learn how to run. Mm -hmm. You need to experience both areas of the spectrum. But in CrossFit in the past, it's always been speed, speed intervals, speed intervals, speed intervals. And I think in the notes, I actually wrote like you guys know how fast you can run because two weeks ago you did, you know, I think it was 10 times 400 or something like that. Okay. And so you know what that speed looks like for height intensity intervals. Now you cannot rely on those numbers to run your one mile. It doesn't compute. <laughs> it doesn't work. So um, normally if you look at this workout, even running at your best 5k pace doesn't compute because there is that element in the middle that, that could potentially really interfere your heart mm -hmm. rate. So you need to know those uh, areas on the spectrum so that you can properly adjust. So I'm trying to educate people by experience, but so yeah, that's kind of the idea behind this. There's, there's no other stimulus other than more aerobic work 
Um, and there's also that element of, you know, rationalizing and understanding the workout and your efforts. All right. Now we go from this one to the most infamous .com workout <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. I've never seen a .com workout get more attention. It's ridiculous. Than, uh, than, it's just uh, a workout. Let's, let's, let's pull it up. Okay. So four time, 12 yeah. wall walks, 10 wall ball shots, nine, 10 wall ball shots, six, 10, three, 10, 14 pound ball to a 10 foot target. And when I saw that, I was like, thank God. Finally, we gave the women an appropriate height wall ball target. And yeah. then I'm going to be honest <laughs> and I'll be honest. This is just my thing. All right. So I'm just, I, I have to be authentic and stick to my guns. Then I saw 20 to 12 and I was like, why? I was like, I get 9, 10, and then at the games, they did 10 to 11, which I was, you know, and I think they did that in quarterfinals once. Why are we making the guys go to 12 feet? I just want to start there and just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I honestly, this workout, it's just hilarious. Like, so first of all, one of the things that I used to do a lot when I was doing Olympic weightlifting was to use wall balls as a um, conditioning component for my weightlifting training. Okay. So I did a lot of workouts. You can call them workouts. I call them conditioning pieces where it was like, for example, I'll hold um, isometric position in a deep squat for X amount of time. And okay. then I'll do six really high wall balls or six very heavy wall balls. And I went as high, as heavy as like, I think I went as heavy as like 35 pounds and 40 pounds, stuff like that. So there's an element of power involved. This workout was written by Michelle, but I actually changed it to this. Okay. So I'll take all the heat for <laughs> all of the stupid comments that I saw. I'll take them because I changed it to this. Um, and it was inspired by those power conditioning pieces where you're doing some isometrics into a very dynamic um, uh, opposing movement. Okay. okay. That's the premise. I think what's throwing people off in this workout is the for time bit. Mm. Like if I were to write this workout and say like rest three minutes after each one, it, it just changed the idea of like, this is a power, power. Condition yeah. Workout. Yeah. I could see that. I 100%. see that for you sure. I mean? Yeah. So, and then why the 12 feet? Because we can like, and if you can't, it's written in the notes. If you can't throw higher, just throw heavier. It's yeah. really that simple. It's really not a big deal. People need to stop being so insulted by these targets because reality is if I would have written out, throw as high as you can, mm -hmm. like, okay, like I'm going to throw to the 10 foot target because there's a target there. So I think uh, like, I actually like that a lot better. I like that a lot more. If you put the rest in there and say high as you can, because then it hits exactly what you're talking about, like that power explosiveness output training. Yeah. Like, I, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but we wrote it for time, and we wrote it like this, and I know that I, I heard some things that uh, – I heard it was the worst ever CrossFit <laughs> workout, and I was like, okay. Like, I could dig through and find anything that's uh, – <laughs> I'll, I'll put in the things that I think are the worst is like anything that was body weight weighted, uh, for, for barbell work, I think is a terrible workout. Do you remember virtual shoveling? Virtual I, shoveling. I, I, I messed with that. I messed with that back in the day. I yeah, hurt my I back. That. I think Honestly, that was the first time I no. hurt my back in CrossFit was doing that in, in a group class at a CrossFit gym. I was like, thank God nobody's walking in right now. It, it, it was a test. It, yeah. It was just a test. Honestly, we do shoveling here 
And there is no way virtual shoveling can anywhere come close to wet shoveling. <laughs> right. But anyways, um, yeah, I think that like basically we need to see the wall walk as an isometric, like slow, a mm -hmm. lot of time under tension. Um, it's a little bit more dynamic than a handstand hold um, yeah. or a squat hold. And and to me, it's just like it's a great movement. It's a great core movement. I, I, I've been programming wall walks forever. Yep. When I saw the wall walk come out in the in the games and in the open, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I loved it. These regularly yeah so you know yes there is a lot of wall walks in here and yes you're against the wall a whole lot of time and then you go into a movement that's just to me was it was about the dynamic component of going from a very isometric very shoulder very core heavy movement into something that is basics but that is just an added element of difficulty mm -hmm. and like uh, Michelle tried this workout um, and she just, the feedback she gave me from the workout, I was like, yeah, this is the workout I want to put in. I like that feedback. I like the idea. She was like, uh, it wasn't, she said to me that the wall walks weren't like, you can control your effort on the wall walks, but uh, those wall balls were quite surprising. And I think that's really important. Like we saw it at the games this year when the um, guys are, well, when the guys and the girls did that workout, that was like a pyramid chipper um, they had the pig flip and then they had like yeah. total bar and then they did, you know, a hundred wall balls and then they had pull-ups and all that stuff. And Pat, um, uh, Pat was like, you know, the wall, wall, wall balls are going to be unbroken for sure. And then to his surprise, he had to break those up in like sets of fives and tens. And oh, yeah. most of the guys did. So we need to feel that sometimes we need to feel that surprise element of like, oh shit, like that feels really different. So I stand by this workout. People can say it's shit. I think it's fine. Um, I think it had a very goal, like a goal that was very specific that um, in this format was probably less visible. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know. Yeah. Well, your your explanation just answered all that, which is great. And and I love the fact that because that's what it was. It was like, okay, you finally get the girls to 10. Why the hell are the guys at the 12? Like they were just looking for that sort of the classic mix, you know, like the the 70% of whatever the, in the standard 24, 20 on the box. Uh, I, I honestly would have loved to see throw the ball as high as you can get it. Yeah. I, I just, the problem I think with that, the problem with that bill is that you, people get complacent and if there's no target, then, then you miss the mark. And the whole I, reason behind the wall ball is that there is a target to hit. Mm -hmm. And so there's an element of minimum work that you're going to get. I, I, I don't disagree with that. There there was uh back in the day, um uh John Hackelman from the pit, uh uh Chuck Liddell's coach and for the, all the UFC stuff, he's done he's been involved with CrossFit forever and ever and ever too. And he always wanted to do workouts at my gym and talk about hitting the bag so many times. I'm like, yeah, but the reason we don't do that is because you don't know how hard you're hitting it. So if you give this do an activity, like I can and take the four time thing off because now it's like the second I'm trying to go faster, well, I'm not going to throw it higher because that's going to slow me down. Yeah. So I can see how yeah. there would be that, that, that it's like issue. ball slams. You're right. It's like, it's, it's threading the needle, but you know, if you can put in like, okay, the goal is like, I don't give a shit how fast you're going. I want you to throw it as hard as you can. Or what if, what if you took that movement out and just made it more of a, uh, I don't know, like a thruster or like a, I mean, I know we already had front squats and stuff, but. 
Yeah, you see? <laughs> wall balls it. had to be there. I get wall it. I get it. I get there. it. I love the wall ball. I love the dynamic component of it. Like, you know, so uh, I think that uh, the wall ball adds that the 12, the reason why I put 10 to 12 inch is just to have a very black and white target to hit. But uh, I think like, yeah, throwing it as high as possible. That's what I used to do. Um, some gyms have targets and I know that some gyms can't do the 12 feet. Like it's, you know, whatever it's mm -hmm. the, the, the idea behind it is that, but if we leave things up to interpretation, sometimes it's just, you know, oh, well, you, hey, she didn't, you know, see, I how, think. How, how about 12, how about 12 and 11? Yeah, I mean, sure. Okay, thanks. That's all Could I mean. be 15 feet <laughs> if you want. <laughs> hey, as I long as they're, uh, Alec, as long as they're both good at the same height. That's yeah. my, that's my only problem. Like, <laughs> um, I should have written people who are below five foot four. Throw it. <laughs> I get it, right? But it's like, well, you got guys that, and if, if that's what you want, if you just want to say a standard across the board, I will not argue with that. It's like, hey, five, four and under, men or women, you go to tw 10, six, two and above, you go to, or whatever, right? That's just yeah, my that. thing. Okay, I'm no not even attacking your workout. I do this every time I see different heights. I was like, you have a lighter ball for a reason. Totally. Throw it freaking up there. It's like, you're, you're making my, only saving grace of being six two is like now I get it worse because <laughs> I on. have to throw it. Hold on, I have so much to say to that. Please, our movement at higher because we're shorter is longer. So keep that in mind. We will probably get twenty five for every twenty seven of your wall balls. I know it's my Just only because... perk. You get everything <laughs> else. Uh, like you're you making my squat. point for me you when you say squat. that. Same thing. Yeah. Flip it. You're, yeah. You're, and yeah. you'll get twenty five to every one of your twenty seven. Yeah, that's a great argument. Like, like, and I'm always open to feedback. You know, oh no, no, like this. I'm, I'm just telling you right now. Time. This is nothing to do with you. I do this every time I see this. So I'm every just time. being consistent. Every time. <laughs> I'm just being consistent. So, yeah. Look, listen. I, I put this in a category of I was like, regardless of your thoughts about this, I think this last five minutes of discussion around what it could have been, where it came from, or things that you would have liked to see, is a very important part of programming itself. And it happens on .com all the time. We can pick a workout every three weeks and be like, this almost hit the mark. And it frustrates, maybe it frustrates someone that it didn't. But this is why I really wanted to do the podcast and talk through these things. It's like, I get it, right? Yeah, maybe the for time element here does totally disrupt really the intent of what you really liked it to be. And we mix and match how those things go. And you could still like the way it goes and like, like that's the whole point. We talked about art at the very beginning of the show is like how programming involves in that. And I really just like the discussion around that of, yeah, we just talked about like five or six different ways that would also be an effective one day workout. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate your uh, discussion around that. I like, dude, I like it. It was <laughs> needed. It was needed because oh, for this sure. one got so much discussion. We had to have it. <laughs> And we had to have that explanation. I think that that's huge because it's showing the intent of what you were trying to get. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless of what the things are, I mean, again, are there going to be OCD-nesses to us? Absolutely. And whether we like or not like it, there's always going to be a, a, a subjective eye that we're going to be looking through it. But I love what you said, like the, what your intent was with that makes me like the workout makes me want to do it the way you were intended to do it, you know, taking off the four time and shit, even putting a rest in there just to get that. Cause it, 
it's like putting in like broad jumps, which you end up having in one of the other ones. Um, I like yeah. that. It's a distraction. Um, it, it takes out, it changes your race element. But again, these are workouts and training sessions. It's not a competition. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we forget about that when we're training versus yeah. competing. So. And, yeah. And to be honest, like we're all, I was an athlete for a long time. And like, you guys have been athletes. Like you, you don't like you do the work. Like you don't have right. to, you just do the work. You do it. Yeah. You know? Um, Hey, I feel bad. I have to cut out cause I, I gotta go coach my class. Um, you guys keep talking cause it's good talk. Michelle, okay. oh, yeah. good to see you again. Same to you, Bill. Take care. Okay. All right, Bye, Billy. Guys. Good to see you, buddy. See you, man. I, I love the, what we, you touched on is like the for height thing. And then like the next day it just rolls right into exactly that. Right. And so you have this Wednesday workout for low deadlift. It's funny, actually, I didn't, I mentioned this is like looking at.com for the first time. It's like, oh, five by three. Okay. So we have six by three deadlift after each set, five broad jumps for max distance. So you do get that max thing that you were talking about that you didn't put in the one before. And yeah. then is it okay? 10 or eight echo bike calories as fast as possible. Then yeah. a three minute rest in between sets. Yeah. And what I uh, just based off what you were talking about in the previous one is like, I see, okay, we've got this hinge pull from the floor as we'll steadily increase with weight, but mm -hmm. this power explosive element with the broad jump where it's not necessarily for time there, it's for max effort. And then you throw in the, for time, max, max effort with the bike cows. Yeah. So this is a piece that really, like we do this a lot. This is a contrast piece where you go from really heavy to really high velocity. Um, this is something that Kevin, my lead programmer does a lot, and he really likes to do this. And this is kind of a staple of how we train strength endurance, right? Because CrossFit always in mind that we're more in line in, in not in our affiliate programming, but when we do our programming for like our blog and stuff, we have the athlete in mind, knowing that CrossFit's not necessarily a strength sport, but really a strength and power endurance sport. Um, so how do we do that in a way that's like isolated without Metcon? So this is an example of that. So I personally hate broad jumps. <laughs> I do like too. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> but you can't always put in things that you like. I personally prefer vertical jumps, mm. but there's a sense of, of, uh, <laughs> excuse me. There's a sense of, uh, uh, movement. That's really fun mm -hmm. with this type of workout. So, so, um, uh, yeah, uh, like the, the goal is very, and to be fair, originally this was programmed as a front squat. Okay. Um, but the two, the two weeks prior to us had a five by three front squat, I think, or a back squat. Sorry, no. it was originally scheduled to be a back squat, but it was previously Got written it. as a back squat. So I didn't want to do the same thing. Okay. But we had done a lot of squatting. So pulling off the ground was was something. And, I, and normally, I don't program deadlifts. Like deadlifts is something that I very rarely program. Hey, if I could high five you right now, I would <laughs> do it. Because yeah. <laughs> just talk yeah. about things that I don't like to do. One that I'm not good at. Two that it yeah. just I get horrifically damaged if I'd go too heavy. Yeah. And it's, and to be honest, in my seven years of coaching, this per currently Pat is doing his first ever deadlift cycle. Really? And it's not a true deadlift And the cycle. dude still it's has like good. a 600 pound deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. What He's, is that? Why specifically do you, do you not program deadlifts? Uh, well for him, 
for him, I don't program him, them because he's so strong right. in the deadlift. I think it's too much stress on the CNS. Uh. It's too much risk on his, on his spine. And there's other ways of including the posterior chain strength that's more relevant to our sport. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we've gone through enough years to realize that a one rep max deadlift happens at Rogue. And I don't know how yeah. everyone felt, but watching like 40 people do one rep max deadlifts, like it's not the most spectacular event in the world. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah. where deadlifting, <laughs> where deadlifting becomes really important is more like uh, endurance because we do have heavier, moderate deadlifts for reps. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we will most likely program deadlifts and stuff like that. Okay. That said, this time around, I've been programming a deadlift cycle to kind of work on that. But instead of going for load, I work at a specific percentage and I increase his time under tension. Oh. Amount of volume. So we're doing that right now. But if this was rewritten, I would rewrite it with a very specific percentage. Okay. So to me, this workout should be performed at 75 to 85%, no more than that. Okay. But I know that some people really like to go heavy. And so I think that <laughs> I have to also trust that a lot of people will know when to stop because mm-hmm. otherwise I wouldn't program anything. Um, but so... If I were to rewrite this, I would definitely put in a very specific percentage, percentage, but traditionally CrossFit.com hasn't really done that. So I didn't want to take too much away from that. Okay. But then the whole bike thing, I think um, the number of calories there is short enough that people can really go hot all out. And it's not about managing your effort with a three minute rest. You'll be fully recovered. It's really, really all about just going at something with as much velocity as you can. Yeah. I, oh, it's okay. It's the full transparency behind the scenes. Like the weightlifting part, the gymnastics part and the monostructural part. When I taught it, it was like, I was tinkering with programming for.com. I have something almost akin to this that has 10 bike cows for five <laughs> sets mixed in with some strength develop like progressions there you go. all out. So I am 100% on board. <laughs> <laughs> With this, and, and I do like the mix and match here. The thing I like about the broad jumps, as you talked about, I'd rather have a vertical jump, is that you're coming off those wall ball shots that really accomplish that, like you said, vertical power output to get that ball to that height target. And now you're just changing the direction uh, yeah. of where that um, explosiveness goes. And, and I like the, the pairing that you do have back to back there. Yeah. And I think to defend a little bit further the previous workout, that, that <laughs> the worst workout that was ever programmed for CrossFit.com. Um, the, I, can we I call think, it the what workout? The worst workout of all time? The worst, the- <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to my affiliates in a couple of weeks and see if I get that same thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, if I would have done two interval style workouts kind of back to back, I think like mm-hmm. the formatting was kind of influenced by what was around yeah. um, the workout. But yeah, I think this type of piece is something that uh, a lot of people could get, could get behind because it's, it's a nice, like everyone likes to do a max effort where they still feel really powerful. No yeah. one wants to do a one minute max effort, but like doing a 20, 30 second max effort is very doable and it's it's done in a way that doesn't deter from the technique of the deadlift so it's done after the deadlift yeah. um that said hopefully uh people were reasonable with the load um that they had uh in the in the last couple of rounds and no broken backs you know <laughs> and <laughs> yes and uh it was um 
The explosive training, I think people don't give enough credit to of the transferability to that, especially in the Olympic lifts. You should see. So, you know, the interval workout that Pat did. Which one? um, At the games. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That thing sucked so bad. He made that look way too easy. But that's because he does things like this. Yeah. Like he does things like this. And then when we, when I saw that workout at the games, I'm like, this looks like training. This looks like training that we do. Yeah. It's a mix of power. And uh, it's like a mix of what that deadlift workout is and the threshold one of the 2159. It's mm-hmm. like basically that. And we do that regularly. So, yeah. you know, I'm not like, like secrets here. Like, like, Hey, if you want to improve your CrossFit at competitions, do those types of training. It's worked really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That event was, it was, it was interesting. Cause on paper I'm like, okay. And you watch it go down. You're like, yep. It, to me, it looked like everybody's working out different than competing. And then I tried it and I was like, Whoa, yeah. they made that like, classic. Right. I mean, you watch a swimmer in the Olympics, you're like, Oh, they're making this look so easy or any type, any, yeah. any professional in any profession. Yeah. Right. And then you do it like, Oh damn, I'm not as fit or as cool as I thought I was, which is pretty standard for the last 15 years, to be honest. But um, uh, coming off that, you had a rest day. You also had the option of a 60-minute hike or walk. And I, I always liked doing those myself. You talked a lot about visualization. And I think those give you good opportunities to do that. And plus, like, you know, just go and express your fitness in a low-intensity style kind of way. But then that brings us to Friday, and yeah. I look at this and this is like, this is to me, this is like straight out of com. three yeah, rounds for time, 500 meter row, 15 ring depths, five bar muscle ups. Like, I got more comments about that shirt than my workout. Burpee. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's a great I saw shirt. That, I'm like, I want that t-shirt. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Where is that? Maybe it'll be on the CrossFit store sometime or whoever made that shirt. That is fantastic. But uh, this is the, uh. Of all the ones that you've had so far, to me, this is the most classic one. When we look at .com over the over the you know last two decades, of yeah. you look at this, you're like, okay, and then you do it, you're like, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, push so. pull. Um, I needed a row in there. I needed some gymnastics that were more dynamic, and um, this one was hard. The Friday because we wanted to finish. I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but the Saturday workout, we knew which one we wanted to put in. Mm. Um, but the Friday was the last one kind of scheduled. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I looked at all the movements. I'm like, oh, we didn't do any pulling gymnastics so much. You know, we uh, didn't do any of that. So yeah. I, I put that in and it's um, mirroring the goal of the Tuesday of the previous week. Uh, not oh. the Tuesday, sorry, the Wednesday of okay. the previous week. So the handstand push-up workout, yeah. um, but in in a different, different. The goal is to have a pulling endurance instead of pressing endurance. There is pressing involved, so mm-hmm. the rep scheme kind of skews it in that way. Um, I think if I were to rewrite this workout, I would reduce the number of ring dips, but I put it up high because I work with athletes that are really good at ring dips. And to me, right. like if I were to give this workout to Pat, he would do probably the 15 ring dips close to unbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, he would probably do 10, five, you know, the whole way through. So if I would have put 10 ring dips, I feel like I would have probably not getting that, you know, endurance component for some athletes out there. Right. Um, and to me, five bar muscle ups is a rep scheme that most, most people who have that skill can do five reps. Mm-hmm. So the people who are on the cusp and who are really working on their endurance, they're going to manage their ring dips to get that five bar muscle ups. 
And then the people who are really good at the ring dips will storm through this workout and just the compounding effect of the whole workout will right. can, will will happen in that third round. So, so it was like, to me, this is, I would consider this a catch all workout. There's something in it for everybody. And it's mm -hmm. very visual. Um, it's very apparent and like, yeah, it's super classic. And we, like, I do classic CrossFit. I do program classic CrossFit right. a lot. You know, it's not all crazy stuff. Like I really like the classic three round workouts that are in that time range. That's kind of like tough and, um, with compounding effects that only show up in the last round, you know, yeah. kind of thing. This to me looks like a race. Mm -hmm. Like, well, What I like here is the, the subtleties that some people may not pick up on, especially they, or won't find out until they're in it is yeah. you got some Helen vibes in here with the three yeah. rounds and the row and the ring dips and the bar muscle ups. But I like the ring dip bar muscle up combo in a sense that allows you to keep attacking the workout. Because if you think of a bar muscle up, the hardest thing there is that pull. It's not the lockout, but with the ring dips beforehand, it fits that combo really well. And then you go to the row where there's a heavy pulling element in there, which will yeah. have an effect on the bar muscles. But when you look at 15.5, a lot of times when you see monostructural placed in workouts, you'll see like, okay, this is the time where I can kind of chill, right? Or yeah. rowing at this pace won't hurt me. So like the run, ski, run. Okay, yeah, I could ski at a 150 or maybe a two minutes and I can I can make that 10 seconds up somewhere. In this yeah. format, it puts a heavy emphasis on keeping an intensity on the row that most people don't want to, yeah. especially if they're proficient at the gymnastics portion. Yeah, 100%. If this was at the games, um, man, Oof. you guys would beat themselves silly on the road. <laughs> yeah. Like, There's just no time to make up because all those guys and girls can do 15 and five, no problem. So where does it come down to? And that's yeah. where I see the Helen vibes is like, oh, I guess I have to row harder than I really want to today. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I, so I like that. it's cool that we're at a point now in our CrossFit lives that we can say that about ring dips, because like I look at this workout of Michelle, like even when I was competing in 15 ring dips, like I'm not unbroken on 15 yeah. ring dips. That's round maybe two. round one, but round two, I'm like, oh, threes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> threes, five, threes, five. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I like it. It's simple. It, the goal is very clear. There's nothing too crazy about it. The rep scheme was something that I wanted to be as inclusive as possible. And, you know, I could have put 10 bar muscle ups and Pat would have done it unbroken, but mm -hmm. it would have changed completely how people row. So yeah, totally. I mean, I, like I said, my OCD brain earlier is like, I like the 515 five, and then you put the three in there and you get your 15, like it all works. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It just, it just scratches oh that. Uh, Next that time edge. I'm invited to this, I'm going to write workouts that are like 12 rounds of four, seven, and three. Yeah. Well, just do the, uh, day, like my least favorite games event of all time was the um, thruster bar muscle up one from 2015. It was, so it was, uh, it was, oh, it was the pyramid, whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what I it was called. Workout, but you I did. Remember. And it was, 15, 10, 6. And I was like, you MFR. <laughs> like, because it was supposed to go off of, uh, it was like pyramid couplet or something like that. And it was like, yeah. if you were stacking cups, yeah, there's 15 in this pyramid, there's 10, but there's only six when you do the smaller one. I was like, no, we're getting too cute here. I hate oh, this. Man. I'm so angry. I, don't remember, I think something like, you know, when you're a, at the games, like there's not a lot of workouts that I remember. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's just a massive blur of just like, yeah. when, when do I go? 
2015, my hand was like. Raw. 2015 was the year everyone's hands and yeah, upper so body. I don't remember. I think I think Saturday and Sunday of that competition are like on. <laughs> just, like I don't remember. Just, 2015 was the year I legitimately was standing back watching because I could not do. It was like people are going to start second guessing how much they really want to be games athletes. Oh, I did. I fully, when I walked out of the tennis stadium that day, I said to my boyfriend, we were walking. I'm like, I'm not coming back next year. <laughs> like I said, I'm not doing this again. And then I, and actually made my decision. I'm saying I am retiring, but 2016 will be my last. There year. you go. There so you it, go. It, it was like, eh, I'm too old for this. This is, this is, this, I'm too old. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was an absolute brutal year. It's like, all right, we have come to the last one and you called it chaos as yeah. many rounds in seven minutes of 10 thrusters and 10 bar facing burpees at 95 and 65. And I immediately was like, this was the most asshole one you programmed. Like everyone might look at the bike goblet squat one. I look at this one. Like, and I, and I say that with all endearingness, yeah. right? That, that is right. a love, right? That is the tough love asshole comment. Cause I'm like, Oh, Michelle, you, are so yeah. mean. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's a really hard workout. And just the combo of the thrusters and the bar facing burpees, there's no reprieve there f uh, for anything. No, it, and it's it, in a really hard time domain. And it's a, yes, it's, it's a time, like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, I can, I can navigate. I can, I can push that intensity around, right? Like I can manipulate things to do well in 10 minutes. And then five minutes, I'm like, oh, it's five minutes. I'm done. Seven? Yeah. That's what is it about the seven minute time frame that's so bad? The first exposure to seven minute time cap was the burpee workout. Remember in 2012? We oh had seven yeah, time. seven minutes of burpee. Oh. And that was like, whoa. I remember doing that workout. And after two minutes, I was like, I remember saying, How much time? And and my boyfriend <laughs> said, You did two minutes. And I was like, Holy crap. Yeah, you mean two minutes left, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a workout that we use a decacomp a lot. We came up with some benchmarks the same way I think okay. a lot of people do, some gyms and stuff like that. And this to us, um, and to me especially, is a really great understanding of where my athletes are. I use two benchmarks. This one is like a test version of it. Okay. And then I do another one that's like an every four minutes and then reps go up and then the goal is oh. to find your most amount of rounds. And it's basically a way for me to kind of categorize athletes okay. in reps per second to see what level of conditioning they're at with that type of couplet. Cause yeah. couplets are a big part of our sport in the online, mm -hmm. the open, the quarterfinals, um, and some semifinal athletes uh, competitions, not really, but if you can average out 2.5 seconds per rep on this workout, you are elite level at that conditioning type Jeez, couple yeah. of styles, stuff like that. So I've had a lot of athletes do this and I've kind of calculated to about 2.5 seconds is really the, the best I've seen so far in this mm -hmm. and, and anywhere around 3.5 seconds per rep is really high level. And then classes are more going to be around the five, six uh, seconds per rep and stuff like that. So it's a really great benchmark for that. It's a really great benchmark for any coaches that want to understand like I, in French, the word is surplace, like you do CrossFit on site. Like okay. the thing about open competition is that you're always on that floor and you're in that little square. Um, so that type of CrossFit looks really different than semifinals or games athletes or, or CrossFit games. But when we think of 
classic CrossFit couplets and triplets. To me, this is like a really good benchmark for that. Man. And so really it's first, the, the number one goal people should have is doing it unbroken. And so that's like when you're beginning to do this type of like higher level, not like introductory beginner, like beginner in a group class thing, but you're like introducing yourself to performance level CrossFit. Mm -hmm. This is an, un, the goal is unbroken. And then the second goal is to be like, okay, around every minute and a half. Yeah, and then yeah. around every okay. minute becomes really the, the, I think the biggest goal. And, and the thing with the seven minutes is that it's the 10 minutes is very easy to rationalize. Like I'll do one round. Yeah. A minute. Yeah, mom, all right. <laughs> But one round every minute for seven minutes kind of feels different for some reason. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this, we wanted to finish with this one. It's our favorite workout. It's, it's like, I don't like the pull up with the thrusters because I think that there's too much interference. There's a, there's a muscular component that takes away from the raw fitness okay. of this and the bar facing burpee adds, um, body weight movement that that uh, is required in competition that we have a right. lot so i think this combination is classic yeah and i love this workout and it sucks and i know <laughs> uh, i've done it many times um versions of it all kinds of it but yeah it's it's a hard one i think anybody that's done their level one has feelings about this style yeah this is yeah, it's true. They do that in the level one now instead of the pull-ups. Yeah, that's right. And, and so with the pull-ups, and I know you said interference, but I, I look at it as like you, you see the pull-ups as almost a reprieve. Um, no, what I mean is there's an element of uh, the in the thruster, you're compressed here. And yeah. so the blood flow doesn't happen very well. So right. people, if we're, they were doing this with thrusters and pull-ups for seven minutes, I'd see we... I'd, I would start to see pull-ups starting to be broken up oh, or interesting. starting to wait before getting on the pull-up bar. Oh, I see. Our okay. facing burpee yeah. has no interference. You can always go down. It's the worst part of a burpee. Yeah. You can always do so, another one. Exactly. So okay. that's why it's not a pull-up workout. Got it's it. really a burpee workout. I was thinking more movement pattern interference. So Yeah, no, yeah. sorry. I'm thinking really like blood flow and like stamina based. Because see, this is why we pattern. have these conversations, Michelle. <laughs> Set me straight. <laughs> so I, I like this. And, and what you said about the classic time frame is you, if you do think about the open, not say always, but a lot of the times it's seven minutes. Yeah. Seven Last minutes of ascending reps, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or just workouts that are in that five to seven minute time range. Like this is a time range that people need to get comfortable with at a very high intensity and the last thing I'll wrap up here specific to this shorter intense workout is that as a coach in just say the affiliate realm, I think it's some of the hardest workouts to coach a gen pop group to yeah. get right. Yeah, I am. I agree. And, but I do think that I don't think there's any, I don't think like, to, to address that population you're talking about, I don't think it is possible to coach that. Mm. I think it's something that people that have athletic uh, ability and, in, and, and background and competitiveness can do. But right. the reality is, is that gen pop, like the, most people have never done sports. Most people have never trained like that. So it's virtually impossible to kind of get to that level of intensity and that level of speed of execution, it's just not possible mm. for everyone to hit it. Yeah. So in that sense, I think that like, it's not a bad idea as a coach to expect like 
some workouts to be longer for them. You know what I mean? Like to expect people to do friend the way it's written out. I don't think it's reasonable anymore. It, it, I think that, um, um, there, there, like we can't get there. There's too many people that don't have that type of background and that kind of mindset. Interesting. So I'm not thinking, I'm not saying it's not relevant in CrossFit. Like yeah. I'm just saying that I don't think there's any level of coaches that can get people moving to that level of intensity unless they've done that in the past. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking like my uh, Joanne, that's 54. Like she's not going to do Fran at right. this desired stimulus. It's, yeah. it's impossible for her to do that. And I don't think she would appreciate that experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think that that kind of, I had a conversation at uh, actually a, um, with a, with a exercise science specialist at a swimming clinic, like, and he was talking about how everyone should be doing intensity. And that is like, if you have only X amount of time, you should be doing that high intensity. Hmm. And I just don't think it's practical. I don't think it's doable. I don't think it's achievable. Um, like, I don't like, although it will get the results that we want, I don't think that the mental ability is there. Um, and, and I don't like, I think it's, it would be working very hard for very little gain. So I think the seven minutes is long enough that deconditioned athletes will get a great stimulus, even if we, if they don't move at the speed that we expect them to. And like, right. there's that element to it, but a three minute workout. Yeah. I don't know and I think that's where the relative intensity plays a huge exactly. role uh, when you explain it to me. I was like, yes, are you ever going to get a three minute Fran with the appropriate intensity at that, maybe say like that age demographic, as you said, is like, no, because in order to get three minutes, we would do almost nothing. Yeah. Right. But that five to seven minute intensity you got is like, that'll work just fine. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, fine. it's a relevant time. I think the three minute time is very 2009, you know, hey, whatever that yeah. seven minute is our new like thing. But like you said, it's relative intensity. Um, I think that uh, it like doing the AMRAP seven is great because you have your best athletes that can really hit the mark and you're, you're, deconditioned athletes that have a really good workout for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. But then if you give a three minute workout, I think we're at a point where the advanced athletes should be doing that two, three, four more times. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, all right. So two weeks wrapped, you got your time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what, hey, listen, th I love that. Like I, I texted you earlier. I was like the nerd in me, not you, me. Right? We'll say that is that I just love hearing about that. Hearing, different perspectives, the way people see things. And it's all centered around kind of the same nucleus when it comes to the cross of the methodology to begin with. And walking through all those things, it was great. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate your time. Um, my pleasure. But I'm overall your experience with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I could give you a platform. I was like, it was funny is I was, I don't, I think I text you after that. I'm not sure if I, if, when I scheduled this. Yeah, you so. texted me like three, four days ago. Okay, two. yeah. So after. Yeah. And I was like, man, I hope she wants to come on the show. And like, fuck yeah, I want to mm -hmm. come on the show. We just talk yeah, about that workout for four hours if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got to go down as the person that wrote the worst CrossFit.com workout. Listen, I, I would tell this to my members. Yeah, listen, like, you're the best now. <laughs> Michelle, look, thank you so much for your time. I'm glad you got to have your your, your moment there on .com. What an honor and, and a privilege to to be a part of that. And especially with how you know your, uh, I would say, romantic beginning of CrossFit and how that interweave with .com, I thought was uh, very cool. So thank you for your time. 
And shoot, good luck with the uh, you and your crew as far as yeah. at the affiliate. But then, uh, you know, you and your comp crew with the the new coming season. I feel like yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's I'm been really a good excited. off season. And right, right. And then uh, looking forward to uh, what the game season has to offer here coming. Yeah, up. me too. Really excited. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Chase. And obviously, Bill is gone, but thank you very much for having me. I don't I'm worry really about Bill. Don't worry about Bill. Well, <laughs> Michelle, congratulations. And obviously what an honor. And thank you for coming on the show. And we'll, uh, we'll try to swindle you to come on here again and talk about the, uh, that would be great. Anything underneath the sun. So thank you guys for listening. Michelle Latondra. Congratulations. Thank you for your time. We'll see you guys next thank time. You.